Well, welcome to the Practical Church Tech Podcast. I'm Travis. I'm joined by Berkey, Matt, and Steven, and a few special guests today. Oh, man, it's going to be a good one. Let's get it going. Well, hey, thanks everyone for joining us today. Uh, we are really excited about today's episode. We've got a couple of fantastic special guests with us. Uh, Matt and Steven and Berkey are here with me like always, but uh, we also have our friends Zach here with us, well, our, our friend Zach here with us, and our other friend Scott here with us. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves really quick and tell us what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Zach Lamb, and I work for Housefright Production, and we're a integration company that deals with audio, video, and lighting and acoustics for churches. Uh, prior to being at Housefright, I was a creative arts and worship pastor for Christ Place Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. And thanks for having me on today. Yeah, man, really excited to have you here. You're you're the first integrator. Well, actually, you guys are both the first guests we've had, but you're the first integrator we've had. And so we talk a lot about gear on this podcast, obviously. So cool to have someone who's worked with a lot of different churches on a lot of different gear. So that's great. Scott, Thank how you. about you, man? And My name is Scott McCord. I am a tech minister at First Christian Church in Norfolk, Nebraska. Uh, formerly, I actually worked with Matt. Um, so we are just wrapping rehearsals. So you might hear some of my team still loading out in the background, <laughs> but we're excited to be here. Awesome. And so Scott, just to catch us up on... Uh, you know, we, we last episode, the four of us all talked about what we've been doing at our churches. But you said that your church, you guys have been pre-recording all of your Sunday services and then pushing them live on Sundays. Yeah. So Norfolk has an internet trunk that is just not big enough to sustain the city. So with everybody in their homes right now, all using, everybody's using their, using their Wi-Fi, our internet just has not been very stable. So we have opted to go to fully pre-recorded, and then I I encoded up to living as one sometime in the wee hours of the night and hope it was successful. And if not, I try it again the next night until we get it successful. (laughs) That's, I want to, I think I want to talk about that more because that's actually really interesting. um, Seeing that you're in a little bit more of a uh, rural-ish area, um, I think a lot of people don't take in consideration um, that that issue that you're talking about. So I think we can talk about that more in a little bit, but um, it's really interesting to think about. So yeah, really, really excited to have you guys here. Uh, we want to take some time just to kind of talk about what churches can be doing to be ready for streaming for the long haul. I think uh, we, we talked a bit last time about what does the new normal look like? You know, The new normal is kind of like the buzzword right now, right? Uh, and especially in churches and in business and everything, what, what is the new normal? Um, I think uh, it's pretty clear that streaming is here to stay for churches of all sizes. Um, it used to be something that was, uh, it, it was obviously, it was, it was pretty popular, but um, the, the quality or, or the type of presentation that you were streaming, if you want to say that, has just really ratcheted way up for all churches. Um, the thing that I keep saying is that churches of 500 are now trying to do what used to be just for churches of 1,500 or, or 2,000. Um, I mean, I know we're, we're a church that has, you know, 3,000 in weekly attendance. 
And I was talking to a church of 700 this past week that's trying to think, figure out how to do what we've been doing for the past few years. And it's like, man, churches are just going crazy with this stuff. So talking about what churches need to do for the long haul, what churches need to be thinking about, uh, everything from uh, equipment to um, the, uh, the purpose, you know, and the whys, everything like that. So, um, Zach, I'd, I'd be curious to hear from you. Um, I know you can't, you don't want to talk about a lot about specifics. And that's the, the idea here is that we're not going to talk a lot about super specifics for any one particular church. But what, what are you seeing churches um, as you're coordinating with a lot of different churches, I'm sure? Um, what, what do you see them, like the questions they have or the, the problems they're trying to solve as they're coming to you guys as house right and saying, hey, we want to up our video production. We want to up our audio, whatever, or, you know, up whatever we need to up for our stream. What are, what are churches looking at with you guys? Yeah. And typically the conversation with us starts at what's the next step? Um, because for everybody, every church of every size, they're asking what is the next step of what we're doing? And so no matter what size you are, whether you're a huge church or you might be a, a smaller church, uh, maybe the next step of what you're doing is around getting your first camera. But for some people, the next step is honing in on broadcast audio. And so what we're running into right now with a lot of churches nationwide is just answering the question, what is life going to look like and what are things going to look like once the doors start opening back up? And in some parts of the country, that's sooner rather than later. And so for a lot of churches, what we're having to help figure out is what does it look like to now have both an engaging online experience as well as an engaging in-room experience? And so it's figuring out the balance of that. Uh, but something that's actually come up quite a bit over the, the last 45 days or so has, has been actually an emphasis on audio and, and what audio is going to look like for broadcasting. Uh, because as all of you guys know, figuring out a mix for online is very, very different than in the room. And so there are different challenges. And reality is a lot of people who are consuming content on devices, it's on smaller speakers, uh, maybe not like the high quality PA that could be in your room or even a great pair of headphones. It's, it's an average pair of earbuds or even the phone speaker. So it's figuring out how to translate that and how to make that work really, really well and still be engaging. Yeah, definitely true. We're having a lot of that conversation ourselves. Um, so Scott, for you guys, um, what, what, are, what are you guys looking at on your end as you're, like we kind of talked about a little bit of the more, I, I want to say you're not super rural, but you're kind of rural compared to the rest of us here. Um, what, what are you guys looking at for like what you guys were doing versus what you're trying to figure out to do next? Yeah, so we are we refer to ourselves as being a regional hub. We're kind of, you know, we're the place where 25,000, everybody else around here is, is smaller, quite a bit smaller than that. We are all of their shopping, their restaurants, everything. So when people come in on a Sunday, you know, a lot of times they're here for the day. It's their one run into town. They come to church, they go get their groceries. It's the one time a week they go out to eat. Sometimes some of them even stay all the way through the evening to go to youth group. And then they head back, back to where they're from. Uh, but so for us, like street or live stream has been a very big deal since the beginning. Um, Cause on any given weekend, you know, if you're driving 
an hour, hour and a half, it's, it just may not be feasible for you this week, whether it's, you know, can't afford the gas or maybe you're just feeling a little under the weather or it's Nebraska, you know, it could have, weather could have done anything over the weekend. And so, I mean, you could be, you could be anywhere in that, in that spectrum. And it's just been an, an important thing to us all along. So we're, we've always been looking at ways to improve what we're doing with our live stream. Um, so we'd already added a couple cameras uh, the beginning of the year. Um, and we just, as soon as this all started, it was, what do I have with the lens and how do I get it into my system <laughs> so that I can like, give people the, as much as I can in this space. And so we, you know, over the course of this, we've moved one of our fixed cameras to a roving cam and replaced that fixed cam position with a DSLR and just anything we can do to keep putting something new in front of that. But now we've stopped. I don't mix during the recording anymore. I just multi-track it out and mix the next day. Um, when I have plenty of time to try it on multiple sources, on my headphones, on my, my studio monitors, and just try to see what it sounds like via different mediums. Mm-hmm. So Scott, I want to piggyback off of that. Um, has your church made a, this is a, Question to a follow-up question. Has your church made a decision of reopening date yet? Uh, our current decision is not before June. Okay. That's, and we'll revisit it then. That's all of us in Omaha too. Um, Lincoln might be a little bit different, but I'm not entirely sure. So with, and maybe Travis was going to get there, but how, because I'm in a similar boat a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm mixing live, but I'm not mixing with PA. I'm just mixing with either in-ears or, and or studio monitors. Have you guys started to discuss what it looks like when the doors are going to open back up and like how you're planning to execute what you're doing now, or are you planning to execute what you're doing now? And I assume you still are to yeah, a capacity. So, yeah. We plan to still be you know, doing as much of our video stuff as we currently are uh, then. Um, we, we, there's been some discussion around like our roving cam operator is currently in the, like on the floor in the front and they, you know, pretty much have free reign of the auditorium because nobody's here. But so that some of those things might have to be tweaked and changed a little bit, but for the most part, we're going to keep doing video. The thing I'm actually thinking about more and more right now is how do I keep my, my audio broadcast mix sounding tight when I go back to having to mix in a PA when there's people in the room. Yeah, for sure. That's something that um, I have to start figuring out soon because we're similar, like no sooner than June 7th. Um, so, it's, But it sounds like you haven't gotten that far yet. No, so it's been one of those things that's been rolling in the back of my head um, the last week or so. Is the doors are going to open up back, back up at some point. We need to be ready for it. So the things that I've been pretty curious about, because um, I know Stephen, you guys have added quite a bit of programming in this season. You know, midweek, like you know, uh, is it daily? You know, for the most part, um, I think that that's a a, a question too. I'm, there's obviously quality, you know, questions of like how do we uh, maintain what we you know, adjusted for in like the, the weekend services and, you know, a certain amount of that, like we, you can take advantage of, you know, playback, you know, the, the sim live sort of things. But, um, but even like 
from a programming perspective, like what's sustainable? Like, how are you thinking through those sorts of questions? And like, yeah, yeah. So we're we've been having those those conversations, and I would say maybe fifty percent of it is kind of landed as to where we think we're going to go. And some of it's still up in the air and some of it's up in the air of like, you know, I shared with you guys before we started recording, but I'm trying to figure out a big picture video system for us. You know, what, what would be optimal for us to maintain what we're doing now and do in-person experiences at the same time. And so I'm building things like that. Um, We're working on, outfitting space, outfitting a small room that would be really good for us to do our noon broadcasts. So we're broadcasting currently three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, over the lunch hour. Um, I think we're going to take that down to two times a week, but that noon broadcast is actually something that has been sitting on the back burner for a long time that we have seen other churches do that we've really liked. And this was the opportunity for us to finally do it. And we've loved it. We have, you know, it's a small group, but it's a, you know, it's a hundred to 200 people live every time with then on demand afterwards that watch that. And it's following our reading plan, which is something that as a church we've been doing for the last few years. So it's, it's that continual touch point. It's that continual, like it's not Wednesday and Sunday. It's almost every day of the week. How can we have something that's connecting people especially in a time when we're disconnected, but even going back into it, how can we continue to maintain that? Um, so it's adjusting some and then it's, you know, modifying or making changes to our systems and processes to maintain some of those things, you know, whether it's the offstage hosting that's talking to the camera, not talking to the room and we're capturing it on camera or, you know, it's certain video segments or different graphics or whatever that we want to only broadcast online when we're trying to recreate an experience that people are in in the room. Um, and, or things like, you know, a camera that's wandering around the room. We've loved it. The angles that that camera gets is better than anything else we've seen before. But it's also hard to have somebody wandering around the stage with a camera when there is anywhere, you know, if we're six feet apart, it's 150 people, or if we're full, it's 600 people in the room. And so trying to figure out, you know, what's most important is online. Most important is the room. Most important. Oh, and we have this whole thing called campuses too, that we have to figure out. So long, long answer to a short question, Matt, but like, (laughs) you know, some of it we're figuring out and we're making changes and some of it, we're still kind of like, well, and and I think what will be more, most helpful for other people is like, what are the questions you're asking yourself? Like in the process? For sure. Yeah. So the one thing that I always throw out is like, you know, if you've added eight things to your job description in this season, because you haven't had anything else to go on, you have to have discussions with leadership to say, okay, when we go back, I have to make a decision. We're either going to add time or people to make these other extra things happen that have been added or we need to remove things. So if you can't just add 10 hours a week or 15 hours a week to your job when you were already doing, let's be honest, 50, 60 hours a week that some of us work, you know, to get everything else done when people are back in the room. And so, you know, I always think about that almost first. Like I don't care about what gear it's going to take. If we can't physically do it, we can't get enough gear 
to do it. And then it's, and then it's figuring out systems. So like I'm trying to figure out the big picture systems for us to say, okay, we want to get to here. This is what's going to take in an amount of time, but here's what we can do now. And we've talked about how like a lot of us have like repurposed, you know, especially churches with multiple campuses, you, you know, you, you've been able to repurpose equipment from other campuses to like make a super campus yeah. right now, you know, and, <laughs> and so that's not necessarily like, you know, you got to take the transformer apart at some point and yeah, for put sure. The pieces back. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, yeah. And that, thankfully we didn't do a ton of that more. It's actually the people like, I've got yeah, absolutely. I've got a youth guy running a cam. I've got three youth guys running cameras. I've got a finance person running graphics. I've got a uh, facilities guy producing my services. I've got all of the worship leaders at my disposal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the super campus is definitely <laughs> beneficial for sure. But it's trying to good way of putting it. The super campus, <laughs> uh, the mothership, as it's mega campus. Prefers. It's like mega desk. Mega desk. <laughs> uh but yeah you're it's yeah it's so but to to go back answering question like personnel cost i don't care what the dollars are of the gear if you can't do it figure out your personnel take care of your people first then figure out the gear but figure out like what's connecting what does your community need like do we really need three broadcasts a week or would two do just as well um and is the content correct or maybe you need to do more like maybe we need to be broadcasting every day. I hope not. But. I think we need to maintain a, a spirit of flexibility because even like what we kind of feel like in our gut, like we should, we should do now, like don't be afraid to revisit it in a few, you know, three months after, you know, we get back to normal. Oh, for uh, sure. And, and be like, you know, were people really connecting with this, you know, when everybody was home, are they still connecting with it in a meaningful way now? Yep. You know, sort that's of a great question. Yeah. And that's even through this period of time, you know, we've changed our noon broadcasts. Probably we're in our third iteration of what it even looks like. Um, you know, and our weekend service has been different every single weekend, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, we're going to put communion here and then we're going to put communion here and then we're going to do three songs and then the message. And then we're going to do the message at the end. Like, and then we're going to do hosting in these spots. It's like, every, and I just got a message a couple hours ago of, hey, we're going to try this this weekend. Okay, cool. Like, this is the time to try it though, too, before you have people in the room and before, like, if, if online is going to be a thing, figure out your online service now, not when you have people in the room and you're having to worry about that too. So I have one question for you, Stephen, and then I'm going to, Somebody else is going to talk for a minute. Why are you holding a clothespin? I actually don't know. So I fidget, right? And so it was on my desk. It's either that or I was playing with the pen. I was playing with this earlier too. Nobody can see what I'm holding up. This could be a million dollar stack of $100. It's your makeup compact, but whatever. There you go. No, this this is for my glasses because I need blue lights. I don't have them down here, but... I actually don't even know what I got this from. <laughs> is that your question? <laughs> that was my question. Yes. Oh, geez. Shut up. <laughs> Keeping it real. <laughs> so uh, I think, Zach, for you, um, when churches are contacting you guys and saying, hey, we want to look at you know audio, let's just take that for, for example, because you said that's a big one. 
Like, what what are the things that you find churches aren't uh, thinking about or considering, or the questions they're not asking going into something like that, where you guys have to come in and be like, "Hey, you should really think about this," or whatever. Actually, I think to go off of um, one of Stephen's points, the the very first thing is the the people factor, um, because audio, actually any of them, but we'll, we'll take audio, for example. Um, there are so many different ways you can go about doing things with audio. You can have a dedicated person who could be like pushing faders on an iPad for a broadcast mix, or you could be automating something with like Waves plugins or just let a matrix happen. Like you can do all these different things. And so uh, one of the first things is, is figuring out what is the team situation like for the church? Um, because everyone has a different team situation. And I mean, I think one of the challenging things, and I remember this from being a worship pastor as well, is like, especially in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is a, a college town, like volunteers just come in waves. Like there, there would be a season where it's like, wow, I have all these drummers in the world. This is awesome. Or I have all these uh, lighting operators. This is amazing. And it's like, oh my goodness, like I need someone to run pro presenter this weekend who can run pro presenter. And so it, it's figuring out the people factor. And then I think the, the other piece of it is really determining uh, what the online experience is going to really look like or, or what it's what the goal is of it. Because for some people, it is a goal of having church online regularly for someone, whether it's a distance barrier, whether it's a health barrier, whether it's a family barrier. And for some churches, it's a goal of oh, if, if I'm out of town or if someone's just sick a week, it's just an alternative for being online because there are different levels of experience. And the thing is, it's not a right or wrong. It, it's just figuring out what the goal is, ultimately. Right. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's one thing that we're thinking about. So we, we, have, we have our little chat going here on the side for, uh, for everyone listening. You know, we're on Zoom, so we have a little chat going in. Uh, we're going to go there now. So uh, a, a big part of my job the past uh, few weeks, well, let's just, let's just keep riding the audio train because um, that is a really big one right now. I think video is uh, a challenge to figure out, but um, so much for what you do for video can work both live and in the room. Audio, though, is a, is a little bit of a different animal sometimes. So a big part of my job the past, uh, how long have we been doing this now? Six weeks? Eight weeks Forever. <laughs> um, has been convincing people why we don't need to spend the money, time, and effort on a separate broadcast mix position. Um, one, we, we have some past history that I, that I can or, or can't go into, whichever can or, or don't need to go into. But um, curious to hear everyone's opinions on a, a separate audio mix position for online only versus in the room. Let's start with uh, Matt. You're next to me. Oops. Right <laughs> sure. So you go. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a funny one because most guys, like when you first think about it, like it, it sounds like the ideal, like it sounds like, Oh, it would just be perfect if I just, you know, like made it this own thing like 
somebody owned that and like we could split off every channel in the world, you know, for that person to, to make it perfect. But the reality always seems to be like, well, I'm always struggling to like raise the quality of my book you know, volunteer mixing, you know, like to raise the, the whole boat of everybody together, you know, where we're, we're all mixing well, um, that the reality is like, I'm not going to be probably be the one mixing that every week. Like, you know, do, do I have the, the personnel, the, the expertise to like staff that position? Well, and then also it's like, I see so many, you know, like guys who just do it off like one board and it sounds great. Like a, and so it's like, I know it can be done. Um, I end up talking uh, a lot more about like software engineering these days, but one of the things that comes up there a lot is the, is the idea of uh, tech debt or design debt, or like there's a lot of ways you call this, but it translates really well to pretty much anything, um, you know, that requires like the skills that we use on a regular basis. And that's, that is like, you can like throw a lot of like equipment at something you can throw, like you can have this dream and you can get into it really quick, like uh, with some easy paths, but like, it's going to cost you a lot more in the end because it's going to be painful. You're going to be, be paying for like, you know, not thinking this through very well and not like doing due diligence from the beginning. Like it's just going to eat away at your soul, (laughs) you know, in a lot of ways. Um, And I think, uh, I think that that's the reality that a lot of guys end up in when they, when they go there, like too quick, too soon sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. Yep. I I know that that's not like a, an answer that's going to like, satisfy everybody but (laughs) you know you you gotta you know think it through and think where you're at as a team like what we've been talking about personnel wise i think uh if you look at your system and you're not making use of everything that you've got right now uh you're probably not you know if you if you've got extra mixes and you've got you know (laughs) things that you're not using on your board um, you've, you've got some room to grow probably. <laughs> yep, for sure. Berkey, what's your opinion on separate mixed position for online? I think there's a place for it. I don't know that at least from what I know out of all of our contexts, I don't feel like it's necessarily needed in all of our contexts. I think there's, there's things that we're throwing around of submixing, And so sending stems from front of house to a secondary console that does not have to be manned the whole time. Um, Maybe it does depending on your situations. Um, But if the front of house mix, you get your vocal blend correct for every song, for example, which is a topic we don't necessarily need to go down right now, but uh, it's a subjective thing. I'll just put it that way. Um, There is a right or wrong answer. and Mine is always right, Berkey. Well, yes. So if you're a new listener, Travis is technically my boss at the church and I mix front of house <laughs> and also broadcast right now. So um, so in our context, for example, we've never, we've never, that's a lie. I'm sorry. 
we have done a broadcast console previously. And I think it was a lot due to environment and equipment and training. It did not go well. We'll put it that way. Um, I think the heart behind the why was actually a good place to be at the time. But since we've moved back into our renovated worship center, I mean, it's already been two years. It's kind of crazy. But since we moved back in and with the adjustments that have gone through there, the new consoles, we have a CL5 now. Uh, all that stuff just helps us get better mixes from front of house for broadcast without needing the separate console. So that's kind of my opinion is no, it is not needed. Yep. Okay. Steven, do I, do I need to give you a time limit? <laughs> nope. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on uh, audio mixing? Yeah. I mean, I can be... Uh... I, I think the right way to say it is there. There is there is a place uh, that it fits. Um, there are unique situations where it works well, and a lot of times it comes down to the who, not the what. Like broadcast audio is, in my mind, so much more difficult to get right than off of a PA. You know. It, it seems like a PA and environment and room is so much more forgiving than the little details that you need to pay attention to when getting a broadcast mix done. And when you have a room that's set up well and a PA that's tuned well, good sources, you can usually get a pretty good board mix that's going to sound decent through computer speakers. And you could take that further by using stems, by using loudness metering and some um, uh, loudness metering, uh, loudness leveling. Sorry. Um, and don't forget metering. Well, I know. I that's I super have the important. Me- I know, and I want to. I oh my gosh! I Travis just bought a meter today. Now. Yeah, I have. Yeah, he's uh, never going to get back on his thought, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've killed him. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Actually, I, I would love to talk about loudness because I need to learn more about that. I have it right in front of me on my other monitor. But all that to say, nine times out of ten, if not more, a broadcast mix or a board mix with or without stems will probably sound better than a dedicated broadcast mix. All right. Scott? What's your what's your thoughts, feelings, opinions? Yeah, I think I mean I'm in the same boat as most of you guys. There's a place to do it, but I've got you know, I only have two other volunteers that do this right now, and and even for me personally, mixing, I found that it's a lot more difficult. You know, as you're starting to deal animal. with a, yeah. oh, it is as you're starting to deal with smaller dynamic range, and then you know having to take into consideration how versatile the outputs are going to be. I mean, people could be listening on anything. The Apple earbuds that came with their phone, they could be listening through a home theater system. Uh, So there's such a variety. You have to try to make it sound good for all of those or the best you can for all of those. And it's just, it's a different animal and it's it's not worth trying to push one of my volunteers through that. Um, What was it that I said in the Slack channel yesterday or last week about those ears? Oh, yeah. Using headphones 
to monitor your broadcast mix is better than using your PA. Absolutely. hundred yep. percent. Even yep. if they're, even if they're Apple AirPods, it will give you a better representation of what it sounds like to your listeners at home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Than using yep. your massive PA and millions of Watts of power. <laughs> yep. I, uh, yep. I think I shared this, uh, on our Slack channel, but like, um, I literally used like a, uh, it's like a twenty or thirty dollar pair of Sony headphones that I like had in a closet, like to to mix broadcasts for a church a couple of weeks ago, and yep. it definitely it it you know <laughs> it kind of gave me a much better reference uh, than than I've had you know <laughs> trying to do broadcast you know from uh, monitoring a mix with my you know studio headphones even you know yep. So Zach, for you, I mean, you've been, you've been on, you're on two sides of it. So you, you've been on the, like you said before, on staff at a church side of it. And I don't know, you guys did some things there with, with uh, at Christ Place, what you did there. And I'm also curious to hear from you now as at House Right, like, uh, so answer that one first. So when you were at the church um, and you guys were figuring out broadcast audio, what, what were you, what were y'all's, what were y'all working on there? Yeah, when before I got there, they actually had two separate teams. Uh, one that was running front of house for the main room, and then another one that was running an actual full broadcast mix. It wasn't even necessarily stems; it was just a full other console. Um, when the church built a new room in late 2016, early 2017, um, they made the decision to go away from the broadcast mix being dedicated and going to a kind of an all-in-one solution. And this one was comprised of a a lot of Waves plugins um, that helped a lot of things. But really one of the big things that I learned in that instance was one of the, the, the keys to success is making sure that the reference that you're hearing in the room is as good as it can be so that the PA is tuned well and that you don't have distractions when you're mixing and that you know the tools that are at your disposal. Um, and depending on the console, um, I, there's always room for growth. And I was always finding new things. I was on Waves LV1 in that situation. So I was always learning new things because it being based on Waves plugins, there was just everything that you could do with it. Yeah. And so there was talk at times about having a, a dedicated broadcast mix or bringing that back. But really, it, it just it kept boiling down to needing more volunteers. It, it kept on boiling down to going further in, in training and also realizing that people do have personal preferences, just like they have personal preferences when mixing front of house. Uh, they definitely have preferences in broadcast. And so I feel that the the preferences that are in broadcast are just amplified even further than they would be from a front of house situation uh, because the the headphones and the speakers are far more critical than, than a live room and there are more things to factor in. So sure. yeah, that, that's, that's one of the learns I had. Yeah. So now, now for you as the integrator where uh, I, I don't know how much you're into this, but how often Mike, maybe a church, hits you up and says, okay, we want to do the separate broadcast audio position. Um, do you guys have like, 
Do you guys try to steer churches? I, I, I don't, maybe you guys don't necessarily try to steer churches one way or the other, but as you're helping churches figure out what the right method and system is for them, uh, like what, what's your perspective or what's the angle you guys kind of talk to churches from as house right? Yeah. I want the main angle that we talk to is first off understanding what the context is for it. So understanding context is the the, the first thing, but the second thing is a, a lot of times in asking questions and determining things, um, we really are strong believers in getting a, a well-tuned PA and then putting the right tools in place in order to create that mix without necessarily needing the dedicated broadcast hardware. Now, there are situations where it can make sense. And like stem mixing is awesome. Like you can you can do some great things by just sending some things there and then just kind of refining it as needed. Uh, but one of the things that we believe is that the, the best ears in the room should be at the person who's behind your front of house console. And if they have a good reference and if they're, they're being coached and trained and, and honing their craft constantly, um, they'll be able to create something if they're set up for success with all the other tools, they'll be able to create something that will translate really well online. And ultimately, we don't live in a mindset where one size fits all because we do ask the questions to determine things. But many times, um, we gravitate towards understanding that from a volunteer standpoint, from sometimes a price standpoint and a quality standpoint that the the dedicated mix isn't necessarily needed in every instance. And a lot of people can get a lot of things done really well um, with just a a single console and some other tools. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I think we're all ringing the same bell there. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So I think, one thing I was just going to throw in real quick is the whole like mixing separate stems for front of house and uh, broadcast. So for us, we're mixing inputs to buses to matrixes. I took I actually worked on my show file today and completely eliminated our stereo bus. What? Our stereo, our stereo bus is no longer, which is going to bite me if we go back to a multi-format, but that's... Man. A totally Hope you different topic. talk to your, your boss about this. He it's just did file. just now. Hey, it's my show file. You're brave. So brave. So, and here's why I did it though, is I did it so that I can mix my, to my uh, PA, which is actually four matrices or five technically with the subs. Uh, and then my stereo left, right matrix for the broadcast. I can mix my buses differently. So I can essentially do my stem mixing right inside one console. I'm not sending it to a whole separate hardware now. So that's one thing there. And then obviously, I I wrote it in our chat, but I personally love Waves. So I've been really big recently into Waves stuff. So it's a great solution. So let's let's, let's break this down a little bit. Um, Let's just make it really, really simple um, for, for maybe churches who are trying to figure out what the heck we're talking about. So the, the basic way of mixing audio, the, the like the basic signal flow of mixing audio is you have your channels, your inputs that come in, and you just push those faders up and those go out your main bus or your stereo bus or your main left-right. Um, different consoles label it different things, right? Um, but all consoles also have 
I should say, I shouldn't say all, I don't know actually, but most consoles also have matrices, 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 matrix sizes. Um, and so the, we'll the, have the, a vote on that later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so the matrix is basically just an output for your outputs, if you want to say, right? So audio consoles, you have your, you have your inputs, you have your buses, buses, um, maybe mean slightly different things depending on the console and the ecosystem. But uh, buses are basically outputs, right? Um, and so it's just kind of like an internal output on the console. So then you can take your, your buses and you can send your input to a bus and send your buses to your main left-right output. So what Berkey is talking about is we are not using that main left-right output at all. We're taking the inputs to the buses, and those buses we can mix individually to the different matrices matrices that we have. Uh, so we have one stereo matrix that is for the PA, a left-right there. We have another stereo matrix that is for broadcast left-right. Correct, Berkey? I'm, I'm saying that all correctly for what you have set up now? And so our signal flow is vocal one goes to vocal group or vocal bus. Again, depending on your console, might be labeled slightly differently. And then vocal bus can be mixed at zero dB for the uh, PA matrix. Then it can be mixed at minus five dB for the broadcast matrix. So you, on your console, you'll have a whole matrix section, maybe that's, you know, you can set those different buses for those different matrix outputs. So that's kind of what we're talking about. It's, it's a little bit of a different way of looking at your uh, your signal flow than kind of if you just have two speakers set up in your room. Um, but just to kind of really break that down on what we're, what the signal path we're actually talking about looks like um, on things. So does that make sense? Did that make sense as I said that out loud? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Um, all right, so let's. So that's a lot about audio. We're clearly all super audio nerds <laughs> in this group. Um, let's talk also about uh, video, because video is obviously a massive part of streaming your services online. Um, so I'm. My first question. Uh, I'm, I keep kind of going to Zach for my first question. Zach, like, what have you found is like a great first camera for churches to look at who maybe had no cameras or they had the one wide shot set up that they want to add in, you know, one or two or three more cameras. What's kind of a great first camera for churches to look at in your experience? Yeah, um, totally. So there, there are a couple of different options, but really when a lot of churches are looking for their first camera, not only are they looking for something that could potentially be for live streaming, but also for uh, like video capture during the weeks, like if they wanted to take it to the pastor's office or on location somewhere and do some uh, just simple video shoots. And so one camera that I've liked a lot has been the Canon XA15. So it's more of a, a camcorder type camera, but what's super cool about it is it does have HDMI out on it. It also has an SDI out, which um, is something that can a connection that can go into switchers and routers for those who might not be familiar with it. 
And so it, it's a good uh, first option, but it, it, it's always challenging when someone asks what camera to, to purchase, because that's like, that can be like um, a $1,000 answer, or that can be like a, yeah. you know, a $10,000 answer or even, uh, or, or even far more than that. And so that can be for someone who's, again, very first time streaming, very first time camera need and, and is needing something that can just be a good bang for the buck. That's, that's not a bad place to start. Cool. Steven, what, what cameras are you guys running again? I know, I think you've told me like a dozen times, but I can never remember what they are. Yeah, I actually looked at the XA15 today, Zach. Is that what, that was what you were talking about, the XA15? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at that today actually, as a uh, would use it for our like online host. Yeah, like a not a main camera. So our main cameras are a mix of JVC HM eight hundreds, the ENG style. We've got Ursa Mini four Ks, and then the Those non Black non-bar- Magic Ursa Black Mini. Magic. Um, the non-broadcast, which I cannot wait to switch out to the broadcast models. So nice. Why is that? So much better. Uh, larger sensor and native ENG rather than having to convert to ENG. Uh, I should say B, uh, B4, not ENG. Um, and then we use a mix of like other cameras. We've got Marshall, little Marshall GoPro style cameras. We use the, in addition to that, we have like Blackmagic has the micro studio camera. I, I actually loaned that to another church for the season, um, but we use that as well for like a POV style. Oh, and then I have one of the old uh, Blackmagic iPad cameras. I can't Whoa. remember what the What's it the called? Studio? The studio. Yeah, studio camera. Yep. I call it the iPad camera because it looks like an iPad with a camera on it. It does. It really <laughs> does. Yeah. It's, it's so cute. Those, it's not, and it's like we use it, we have it on a slider right now that just sits off on the side of the stage and it gets a decent image. It actually does, it does low light better than the Ursa Mini. So Scott, how about you guys? As you kind of just, like you say, you got a couple cameras at the beginning of the year and then you're throwing everything in. Um, like what I'm curious to hear from, from your experience, like what you guys are using and how you you have... How's it going? Throwing in new cameras and different cameras into the mix, and then also, what are you guys talking about for the for the future? He's got to figure out there, how to mute himself. There we go. <laughs> I kept hitting spacebar, but I was still in the chat. Uh, so, so our two primary cameras are Panasonic's uh, AJ PX two seventies. Then we have one one Marshall. Um, Currently, it's POV on our bass player. Uh, we recently, actually, after a conversation with another buddy, I picked up two really cheap Panasonic, like, handy cams, essentially, like, that, that sort of camera. And we actually have two of those on the stage doing POVs. And then in this season, we've added two DSLRs as well in various places in the room, uh, both Canon 80Ds. So how many cameras are you guys running now? Seven. Seven? So did you go from two to seven? We went from... So we added... We went from three to four in December. And then when this started, we went from four to seven. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So how did that go throwing in three new camera, three, three more cameras than you had before? Not just like you didn't just change positions. You changed positions and added three did more. Video director just go crazy. Um, <laughs> Every was beat was a new camera. Had, one week he had the direction switch at the same time. He's like, yep, that's too much. Now we have more cameras. Uh, but no, it's, it's been pretty good. Um, it's been an adjustment. So only two of those cameras are manned currently. The rest are in POV. Uh, and you know, our guys are going are realizing like how much less they have to do uh, as a camera operator during a, during a service when there's seven cameras. Uh, but they've enjoyed it and it's been it's been great to be able to get just get some different shots that we couldn't get before get some things that are a little bit tighter um, you know things you could look at if you were here in the room you could look at what the guitar player is doing you could look at the keyboard player you can't do that if you're not in the space so we wanted to be able to capture all that yep so what, what do you guys have you guys had many conversations about what you're gonna or thinking about doing for the future are you gonna keep those seven cameras are you gonna I think we will, we will keep probably six of them for sure. That roving cam, like I was saying earlier, is a little on the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a hard time. We don't, we're not currently doing iMag in the room except for the sermon. And I have a very hard time justifying a roving camera operator when it doesn't affect anybody in the room in a positive way. Right. Right. Okay. All right. I got, I got a quick hit question for everyone. You, you, have, you can give one answer. You can only give... The many words. Uh, only as many words as it takes to get out the name of the thing. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so just uh, so you have the cameras, right? We have, we have the we might. Okay, wait. I'm going to come back to this. So then we have the cameras. I, I'm I'm jumping ahead. So then we have the video switchers, right? After the cameras, you have the video switcher. Essentially, um, I don't know if we need to get into that a whole lot because there's so many options out there. Like there's a incredible amount of options for video switchers um, that all essentially do the same thing, especially if you're a church that's getting into it and your price range. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not a whole lot of like different switchers, like different features one might have in your kind of beginning switcher price range. Um, there's a lot of crazy things out there. Blackmagic has that... Uh, What's the all HDMI one? The mini. Hey, the mini. The mini. That thing is pretty crazy for the price. Um, it's all H. It's only HDMI in and out, right? It's like four, four in, one out, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep, that's right. But uh, pretty cool. So, so yeah, that guy's pretty sick. Um, but then beyond that, it's like it seems like a lot of switchers are like very similar in what they offer. Um, you know, it's just kind of like which which one do you which one do you think looks prettier that you want to put on top of your desk? It seems like, um, but uh, there, there's there's just a lot of options out there for it. So my actual question here, Matt, um, is uh, after the switcher, you need to get to your encoder, right? So we already know Stevens, but I'll let him answer anyways. Favorite, <laughs> favorite, favorite, uh, favorite encoder, favorite streaming encoder. Well, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. What's what's four out of six? That's two thirds. Sixty six percent of us are going to say the same thing here. <laughs> Sorry, Travis and Berkey. <laughs> which which what's is funny which is, is he and I will say different things. Probably we might. I don't know. So, Travis, what, do you even know what an encoder is? 
Hey, come on, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, total oh, idiot. Oh, stings. Uh, so, Stephen, what is your favorite encoder? Living as one. Living as one. And the wonderful thing about living as one is they are the full system of encoder, CDN, and one package, right? Which is pretty, which is pretty great. And Scott can attest to the fact that they can deal with even the crappiest internet. Yes. <laughs> the resilient streaming protocol has saved us repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing that has uh, interested me about living as one. Um, I think I talked about it before, but um, we're, we're not on living as one. I think we are the only one in this group not on living as one. Um, and that's just because of the last time that we, when we had to renew our, um, our, I'll, I'll say contracts, uh, living as one's prices were significantly higher than what they are right now. They've really come down in price recently. And I know Zach and I have had conversations about that. But um, Matt, what's, what's your favorite streaming yeah. encoder? It's easy for me to, to say it because I don't have much like actual skin in the game as far as like having to pay for anything. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we switched to living as one at, and um, just repeating what, you know we've talked about in previous podcasts uh but i am a volunteer at a campus now and so like i used to you know be responsible for you know the the broadcast campus and before we had living as one um and there you know we used a a point-to-point system uh with makito and i don't really have a lot of negative things to say like about that system but it just doesn't scale real well like you yeah. you got to figure out you know some sort of um cdn you know you know delivery system once you get beyond you know i would say once you get beyond three or four um but even even that's probably a little iffy like really one or two makes sense <laughs> yeah um so we no been super no happy stop with that was that was your answer i said just as long as it takes oh dang it product yeah. Man, Living is one way longer <laughs> Done. All right, let's go to Berkey. How about you, man? What's your What's your favorite streaming encoder? Uh, favorite streaming encoder. I would actually really like to get some high vision boxes. We do not have that. I will say that. Um, at CCC, we use um, Wirecast on a computer. So, I just have a thing for actual hardware encoders rather than computer-based encoders. Personally, it's just a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And preference. And Scott, you guys are on Living as One. You already mentioned that earlier. So, yep. You guys, you guys are using that for streaming as well. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So right now, we don't have yes. campuses. We're just using the web platform. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Zach. I mean, I know you've got your preferences as as a yeah. integrator and as a dealer for certain you know products and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I well, from personal experience. Um, I've used a few different ones at churches, but from experience, I, I really do love living as one. Um, it, it really, between just being able to make the same phone call to someone for support on the hardware end as it would be the service end, it, it, it's really nice. They're great at what they do. Um, I know it's supposed to only be like the first word as long as it takes to get out, but another one <laughs> that I've also really liked as well is the Asha Hilo. Um, that's a great option for... Um, both recording because it can record the SD cards, hard drives. It can 
also encode online. So if you're in a situation where you're not necessarily ready to be spending uh, money on a monthly subscription, if you're needing something simple to get out to, for example, YouTube or Facebook Live, um, it's a great way to go. And it serves multiple purposes too. Yeah. I recently uh, suggested that the Hilo to another church just looking to get beyond just streaming to Facebook Live once post COVID nineteen. Um, my favorite. I don't. I don't know that I have a favorite really. Um, I, I am. I'm a little bit different than Berkey. Is I do like actually having a a computer running a software. Just my preference. Partly because um, um, I yeah my systems down. Um. I just, I, uh, part of me likes having a, um, a device that can do more than just the streaming and, and recording. Um, cause sometimes I can be super cheap. Berkey has really expensive taste. That's why he likes the high vision. He made the joke so, about high vision is the high price option. So, which is kind of true, but, but it's also extremely reliable. I, I'm not going to get into high vision stuff because we don't have time for that. Nor do I yep. think most most of you are going to really care for the high vision products, but uh, yeah, high vision um, is high vision is 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 high priced, but there's uh, part of partly there's a reason for it being the price that it is. So the hard the hardware and the support, honestly, I've had to call yep. them for other products that we have, and their support is fantastic for sure. So I'm not saying everybody else's is not. I'm sure everybody else's is fantastic too. I will so put I that think, out there. Yep. I think there's one more uh, encoder that we should talk about, and that is OBS. OBS is a free encoder, um, which is great for a lot of churches. Um, I actually, like we're using it right now because uh, we're doing two streams simultaneously. So, um, yeah. OBS is really, really great. What does OBS stand for? It's an acronym for something. Open Broadcast o- Software. Bro- broadcast open, Software. Open Broadcast Software. Something like that. There we go. And who? who I think who that's makes- right. Yep. So OBS is just a free one. Um, it's very, very simple. It's not super powerful, um, but it is free. If you have, it's actually highly powerful, Travis. Well, I mean, if you want to compare yeah. it to like high vision or um, something like that, it is powerful. It can do a lot of things. I, I like that you can set all the destinations and stuff on it. And I thought you said you were cheap because free is as cheap as you can free get. Free is pretty cheap. Yes. Yeah, it's tough to beat uh, OBS's price point. But yeah. The whole $0 thing, just go <laughs> online and download it. Um. But again, but it is a legitimate option and a great tool for single point starting out, like getting streamed to a Facebook or to a YouTube account. Um, it is it is actually one of the best tools because you can probably do it right away. Yep. Yeah, we used it for a long time to stream to Facebook Live. We did too. We uh, <laughs> we were dumb and had uh, we had our our Wirecast set up going to our uh our website and stuff and then we had a separate computer we all had to go hit go on in a totally separate room for facebook live so that was never <laughs> that was not very fun for a, we did that for a long time it was ridiculous. that's just when we started doing facebook though 
So yeah, and then we found out we could pay a small fee to our CDN to for them to do it for free. Um, small fee. It was, it was wait, relatively wait. small. You said fee, and then you said free. I'm. Well, to not have to run to two different rooms to hit. <laughs> he a said it button. was full free. <laughs> yep. Guys, so, PCT after hours is the best. So good. <laughs> so let's do this really quick. If someone wants to, someone else wants to take this because this is my my least knowledgeable part. Let's define. So we've talked about audio. We've talked about video. Uh, cameras, talked a little bit about switchers very briefly. We just talked about encoders. Let's talk about CDN, Content Delivery Network. Would somebody like to just briefly, so not Stephen, explain uh, what what a CDN is and what it does for you and why you need one or may not need one for streaming your services online? Travis, you used Google, didn't you? To figure out I did not what actually CDN stands for. Okay. I'm probably I know what it stands no, I think for. He actually uses Yahoo still. <laughs> Isn't there an AOL search engine? Hey, I am AIM all the way. All right, Is we have zero takers. Actually, no takers. No takers. All right. Steven, yeah. do, do you want to talk about CDN? Uh, I can, sure. <laughs> uh, a CDN is a company tool product that will take your stream, your single stream, your one stream, your one high-quality stream, and send it to multiple places of multiple qualities. For example, Lifting is One <laughs> takes my single stream and sends it to Facebook and to YouTube and to Church Online Platform. We haven't even talked about Church Online Platform. This is getting into last week's stuff. We've gotten off the topic a little bit, but uh, it's basically a multiplier. It takes your stream, multiplies it to multiple locations to the formats that are needed last week, last month, sorry, last episode. Uh, and uh, makes it available to the platforms that need it so that you can have your stream available in multiple locations. So like right now we're streaming to, I guess, four locations technically, if you count our Apple TV app, but we've got Facebook, YouTube, website. And then I think like five people use our TV app because it's actually not that great. So the CDN, the content delivery network CDN is what gives you like the actual like embed code for your website. It gives you, it does the transcoding for your Facebook live feed. So you punch in your Facebook live stream key there, or your YouTube live stream key there. Uh, it will do the encoding for uh, mobile specifically. Because just because you have an encoder doesn't mean you have all of those codes and transcoding and, and all that stuff. So you want to get your your video onto a website or into Facebook Live. Maybe not actually for Facebook Live. You actually don't need the CDN or YouTube Live. Um, but if you want to put it onto a website, you got to have a CDN to generate, you know, all the stuff for you for you to get that code to put it into your website. You can send straight from your encoder straight to Facebook Live or straight to YouTube Live. You don't need a CDN for that, um, which is which is great 
but um, I talked to a Usually church. You have a single point destination, not multiple multiple point destination. Right. Yep. So yeah, because we're the same. We've got um, Facebook, YouTube. We launched last week, actually. Apple TV, Roku, um, Apple TV, Roku apps. We've got our website. Um, we've got mobile. Am I missing anything? Church online, but that takes the same embed as our website does. Um, so seven different destinations, but six different types of encoding, transcoding things that need to happen. The CDN handles all that for us. And there's a couple big factors in there, right? There's the, it, it limits the amount of upload bandwidth that you have to worry about. Um, Which is huge you know, from your church for quick. guys like Scott. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really think it's pretty huge for most places because even if you have the upload bandwidth, you're also like uh, really putting a strain on your network if you're trying to um, send that many packets to that many places from a, especially from like a single like uh, you know machine on your network. Um, it's gonna get a really strenuous uh, for your own equipment uh let alone the the bandwidth needs you know multiplying as you you have more tunnels and it kind of goes back to what i was talking about the equipment that decisions you make like for a multi-site church um even if you're not a multi-site church you're still kind of talking about the same things if you're talking about multiple destinations that you're sending a stream to uh online and so there's the horse or there's the upload bandwidth and then there's the horsepower needed to generate all those streams um because you can you can do a small amount of that if you have like a hardware encoder but if you're doing it from like a, a computer just like a desktop machine like that's a lot of different streams with probably different bitrate needs and a lot of uh, just different uh, complexities of uh, what the destination is going to require. So a, a content delivery network takes a lot of the headache out of trying to f- do the math <laughs> on for sure <laughs> on like what audio qualities you know best for Facebook or you know what like what will Facebook accept, you know, sort of things. <laughs> yep. Yep. So all you guys use living as one for your CDN. We use stream monkey as our CDN, um, which we love. One of the big reasons that we switched to stream monkey, uh, we used to be on live stream. We to stream monkey. One of the big reasons is uh, live support on Sunday mornings, which we took advantage of this past week. <laughs> we had some, uh, some issues with our streaming. Not really sure what changed, but something changed somewhere between us and the website. So but it only affected like three or four streams, which is weird. Yeah, only affected like, you know, <laughs> four fifths of the people watching. No big deal. <laughs> so, yep, got to deal with that. Okay. Um, are we missing anything? We haven't talked about lighting, but that's a beast. I was going to say, we don't... Lighting we for don't video is a beast. Lighting. Pandora's box right there. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about audio. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> just, to, just to put it out there, lighting might be more important than video. Light, Good lighting is how you get good video. You don't get good video without good lighting. There you go. But you can get good lighting without good video. So, it's true, Stephen. 
Steve looks confused, <sighs> but it's true. <laughs> All right. Any any like last quick hits on uh, um, tips or advice or, or things for churches to be thinking about as we're as they're looking to continue streaming into the future post COVID nineteen? Yeah, I'll go first. I think it's important with churches, no matter what size, to figure out what the best next step is with what you have already. Um, Because so many pieces of gear, um, regardless of price point, offer so many features and so many things you can do with them. And so I think while it's easy to focus, I, I definitely remember this from working at a church, like being so focused on like, oh man, I, I can't wait for budget to reset so I can go buy blank. Um, it's also important to, to remember, like there's a lot that you can do right now um, with what you have to, to, to just challenge yourself to, to rise even further and, and just hone in on your craft even further. Oh, I think that's really good. Yeah. Get better with what you have before you go spend a ton of money on stuff. That's my favorite thing is just trying to figure out how can I make this work? Yeah. I think I do think figuring out what you're going to do long-term is very important right now. Um, I know just from stuff I've seen online, not to be like a Debbie downer or anything, but like there's lots of gear that's out of stock and is going to be honestly for, I mean, who knows there's guesses of end of this month or next month, but you really don't know. So I think working on figuring out what your plan is now. So if you have to make a purchase, get working towards that now and don't wait till the last second. Yeah. Very good. What else? Matt, Scott, Steven. I think we've got, you know, as in the season we have time, you know, we're, we're all trying to do different things. We're finding ourselves to be very busy along the way, but you know, as you have this opportunity where you're, your room may not be open, you know, start to think about what are some of the things that you need to do in your space. Uh, one of my video directors has been not able to work as much. So we have actually brought him on part-time and he's been working on projects around here for stuff that's kind of been on the back burner. That's like, Hey, it'd be really great to have these done before, like before the room opens back up. One of them is we're taking down our tripods and our main, and we actually have a guy in, in the church who's, an expert welder and so we bought hi-hat risers and we're but he's building the entirety of the stands for us and we're making new platforms for cameras we're also redoing our entire stage at some point during this time and there's other things that you know the doors are going to open back up at some point and but you have no better time to take care of some of these things than right now when sunday is not necessarily coming on sunday very true Yes. Or if it is, if it is, you just don't point a camera over there to capture that <laughs> paint is not matching over there right now. Just tape that spot off. Don't aim anything over there. It'll be fine. It's just been great. So for those that don't know, I our main room is a gymatorium, and so we have a stage tucked into the side of a gym, and the room is littered with stuff: cameras, cables, oh, yeah. TVs, mostly empty Cheeto bags. Cheeto. <laughs> It's actually been uh, barbecue Fritos has been the bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, But and I've got like two eight foot tables of just I just if I don't know where to put it, I just throw it there and I'll deal with it later. 
And oh. there still has I've got the junk tables behind my booth too. It's I just got tired of it all on the counter one day. I was like, all right, grab me some other tables. Here we go. And, and as long as our host Steve's problem. <laughs> future Steve's problem. That's right. <laughs> as long as the camera is not pointed over there, we're okay. There you go. We did actually capture a ladder in the background of one of our services. Like the entire service, there's this giant bright yellow ladder in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I think um, my my last bit of advice is uh, not to be afraid to ask for help with this stuff. You know, um, I mean, I, I can I'll I'll speak for for Zach. He is he's one of a couple of guys who work for different integrators that I'll hit up and be like, "Hey, man, I need I need some help with this." I, I've, I kind of have like different people I talk to, different integrators I talk to for different things, but um, don't be afraid to ask. Um, I've never come across a single integrator. Um, who is not willing to take a phone call or, or an email. And even if it's just, hey, we, we have no idea what we're doing here, but we're trying to figure out you know, this next step or whatever it is. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help from those guys. Don't be afraid to ask other churches. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy helping other churches. Obviously, that's, I mean, all of us do. That's why we're doing this podcast. But um, I also love um, going to other churches who are, who are at the next step from where we're at and saying, Hey, what are you guys doing? How are you doing it? Um, again, I've, I've never found guys at churches like that who are not just as helpful as I was saying integrators are with, you know, just being very free with uh, what they do and, and offering their time and everything. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, lots and lots of resources out there. Find a good integrator, find a good church, build a relationship with them and just say, Hey, I need help. And they'll help you out. Even if, even if the integrator doesn't make any money off of it, I've never come across a guy who isn't willing to help you out. So for sure. All right. Well, I think that does it. It's late. Steven talked a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I talked a lot too. Let's be honest about it. It's a Travis and Zach show tonight. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Zach, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. It was wonderful to have you guys. It's good to have someone other than just the four of us. It was great to have Baby Yoda with us too. Yes, that's amazing. I kind of forgot that background was turned on when I joined the call, and I was like, "Oh, there it is." But you can't turn it off. Just leave it there. No, you have to leave it. <laughs> yeah. Our staff meeting was on Monday. No, had had to do it. There you go. It's can you Easter- se- can you text me that file? That'd be great to have. Thanks. It's an Easter egg. You have to watch the video for to really enjoy. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'll go. I'll go ahead and pitch this, Zach. You're with House Right, yeah. So, House, what, what's what's your what's the website for you guys? Yeah, uh, we are at houseright.com, and that's h o u s e r i g h t dot com. And awesome. on there, uh, you can find some more information about us. And uh, home for our company is Lexington, Kentucky, but we have people all across the country, and we serve churches all across the country. So whether it's um, figuring out the first camera, or whether it's figuring out what next steps for like a new building look like we're, we're here to help with all that yeah i think that's a great thing about house ride is you do have people all over the country project managers and stuff all over the country i mean you're, you're not in kentucky you're in nebraska yeah lincoln nebraska so yep so if if you need help in your your church you might you probably have a house right guy not too terribly far from you who can hop a quick flight over and hang out so easily yep yep very cool Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks to everyone for listening. You know, the usual. 
hit us up on Instagram, hit up the website, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. You know we love it. Rate it, comment, whatever. Let us know what we can do to, to better serve you and your church. And, and we've, uh, we've really appreciated all of y'all listening. See ya. almost 10 20 p.m so that's what you get are you still recording this because actually this extra banter would be funny to have <laughs> yeah. this is this is a think, better way to end than how i ended i think Berkey's still <laughs> recording i stopped mine <laughs>